Hello, welcome to our online Westlake service. I'm Rhys and we're continuing our series in 1 Corinthians. Today we're looking at chapter 12. It's already the month of March, but I wonder if you've still got any Christmas gifts that you haven't used yet. Maybe you required batteries and you didn't have any at the time. Or maybe someone else in your family wanted to take a look at it and they've actually borrowed it before you've had a chance to see it. Maybe you've been busy and haven't had the opportunity to use it yet. Or maybe it's a special gift and you're saving it for the right weather or the right time or a certain day. Or maybe you've got a gift and you just don't like it. I once gave someone a Christmas present and then they gave it me back the following year. Some gifts grab our attention much more than others. Some can seem more useful and more valuable to us. Growing up, I was the youngest of three siblings and Christmas meant a lot of comparisons around gifts. Who had the biggest one? Who had the, the most expensive one? Who had the most? And it's not just true about material gifts, but spiritual gifts also. Maybe you admire someone else for their gifting or character, or maybe we feel the opposite. We feel unvaluable because we don't have a big gift that other people have. And that brings us to our passage today where Paul is addressing the Corinthians on the subject of spiritual gifts. Point one, we're looking at one spirit. One spirit gives many gifts for the greater good. As a church, we've been going through the whole letter of 1 Corinthians and Paul has been talking mostly about Christian living. And in this chapter, he now focuses on Christian serving. Verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now this would have made the Corinthians sit up and listen because in terms of spiritual gifts, they probably would have felt quite informed. In fact, it might be like saying to a doctor, now, in terms of practicing medicine, I don't want you to be uninformed. Paul addresses spiritual gifts here because the Corinthians have been lifting up one gift as a particularly special gift above the others, and it's causing division in the church. And sadly, this still happens today. Divisions within the church of God because of the topic of spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not gonna cause any more division today on this issue, especially as this whole passage is on unity and more on that in the next points. But first then Paul deals with untangling some crossed wires and he does this by reassuring them and encouraging them. Verse two and three. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now that's straightforward enough. Why does Paul need to point that out to them? Well, one of the problems in Corinth was that those with the gift of speaking in tongues were looking down on others who didn't have this gift. They were being boastful, as if they were members of a spiritual elite. It's like they were thinking that they were the Lord. And Paul is saying spiritual gifts are always about Jesus being Lord. 
Jesus is Lord and he's the head of the church. He decides through the Spirit what gift each is given. And each gift, especially the gifts that involve speaking, always send out the message, Jesus is Lord. He's the greatest. He's the one worthy of our praise and worship. And I'm just a servant to serve him and others. He then makes it clear in his two lists of gifts in this chapter, in verse 10 and verse 30, by putting tongues at the end, that it's not something that they should be showing off about to each other. And to remind them that one gift isn't more special than the others, he tells them in verse 4 and 6. Out of all gifts, all of the different types of service and activities, they all come from the same Godhead. A variety of gifts from the same Spirit, a variety of services to serve the same Lord Jesus, and a variety of activities planned and brought about by our Father God. In explaining it this way, Paul reminds us as a church that within the Godhead, there are different but equal roles. Paul's saying there's not one super special gift, but we are told there are many different gifts. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. The gifts are given in power by the Holy Spirit to each individual, not for us to choose or judge, but as the Spirit wills. It's God's will that you have got the gifts that you have. And Paul reminds us in verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, in you, not just for you, but for the glory of God and for the good of everyone else. That brings us on to our next point. One body. One body made up of different parts. Paul then goes on to help further explain this by using a helpful image of the church as a body. Verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. As Christians, we're part of one body, which is really important for us to remember, as we live in a society, as the Corinthians did, where there are so many labels and divisions and distinctions amongst people. Wealth, status, skin colour, but those aren't the case for Christ's body. We are all one. We are one because we were all baptised in one spirit. There are no divisions and it's wonderful that we all belong to one body. But we know that there are also many different parts or members to the body. Did you know that taking one step uses around 200 muscles? And that doesn't take into account the bones, heart, lungs, brain, and other things that are involved. The human body is incredible. How it all works together, and how so many different parts are needed to do simple things. Just think about the body with all the parts working in harmony to achieve what it sets out to do. And just as the human body is wonderfully designed, 
so also are God's plans for his church, the body of Christ. Verse 18 says, But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. Paul teaches that God has arranged the parts of the body as he chose. That means that all the parts there are for a reason. They all have a purpose working together according to God's design. Some within the Corinthian church were seeking to use their gifting for purposes that weren't helpful for the growth of the church, which meant that some in the church didn't feel like a part of the body. That because they didn't have certain spiritual gifts, they were second-class Christians and they didn't belong. Verse 15 and 16. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. When I was doing theological training, I once heard a minister say to the church, if you were gifted but proud, you were more of a hindrance to the church than a help. We should pray for humility along with our gifts. Because as well as making life difficult for others, we might make other parts of the body feel redundant or unnecessary. Just as with a human body, we are different because we have different roles to play. Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? The Corinthians wanted everyone in the church to have the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. But Paul is saying here that if they all had the same gifts and none of the others, they wouldn't be a body. If we were all arms, then we wouldn't be a body. We'd be a pile of arms and we'd only be able to do things that arms can do. If everyone had the same gifts, then nothing would get done. It would be chaos and not harmonious order. So if you are an eye, don't look down on the hand, but encourage the hand in the work that God has given it to do. Look at the people around you, members of the body that God has put together. We're all different. It's not something to be ashamed of to make us proud. That's how God has designed us. The diversity of the body is something to be celebrated. We all find belonging in the body of Christ and there's no one who's excluded. Paul reminds everyone in these verses that they all have a place. Even if you feel like you don't, you do. And Paul goes on to teach how all parts are valuable. Point three, one church. One united church caring for each other. Back in the UK, I used to serve with a good Christian friend of mine, but he found it really hard to settle in a church and be part of a church body. He liked to do ministry on his own and start new ministries. And as time went on, he got really discouraged and burnt out. He wanted to achieve something for God, but it was hard for him to see that he needed support around him. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. 
that I can't say I'm higher up than you. You're not important. And I, without any other part of the body, just can't do anything except look around. Paul is saying here that you can't do it on your own. You need the body of Christ. Also, Paul is reminding us that you can't look at those around you and think, I don't need these people or that person has nothing to offer. You know, the parts of the body that if we're not a doctor or in medicine, we, we probably don't know what some of the names of, of the bones are. We have around 30 bones in our back and 40 muscles, 20 each side. And yet if one of those muscles gets pulled or one of those bones moves slightly, then the whole body is out of action. The little muscles in your back that you probably don't know the name of are really important. You might feel like you're one of those muscles, that no one ever sees the constant work that you do behind the scenes, in the back, so to speak. But you're valuable. In fact, look what Paul here says, 22. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Not only valuable, but indispensable. Then we see from verse 23, there are body parts that we don't show off and those that might seem less honourable, yet they're all essential parts of the body. Jesus is the head, we are the body. Do you think that there's any part of his body that Jesus doesn't want? Everyone in his church is valuable. Think of what it cost Jesus for you to be part of his new body. He gave his life. The price he paid for every member and every spiritual gift is immense. It leaves us with no doubt that every member of the body and every gift given is incredibly valuable. It's not just the service that you see at the front of church that's important. Think about this video. There's so much more to what goes on than what you see before you. So many more people behind the scenes of our church making things happen. All those home groups and Zoom calls, people who work in admin behind the scenes, people who visit those in need with hot meals or encouragement, those who faithfully pray for others in the church body who they know are struggling or ill. All these things are valuable gifts, valuable parts of our church body working together during this extraordinary circumstance that we're in. Whatever state our body's in, we're able to adapt to the situation. Think about if you go swimming in a cold lake, your body adapts to it. Or if you stub your toe, you hop around for a bit, your toe hurts and eventually it gets better. It's been over a year now since what we knew as a normal church service has taken place. We're in a pandemic, but is there something you can try and do to adapt to how you're serving now? As we adapt as a church over the next few months, let's all stay vigilant to what the needs may be of the body at this time. It may mean you work a muscle that you haven't for a while, 
or that you have to do something that's more uncomfortable. But we all work together for the good of the body. Couture and I were really blessed by a couple in church who have done exactly this. And they've thought outside the box during the pandemic about how they can serve others in the church. Because all the restaurants are closed, they used their home as a restaurant. They prepared a meal and went and babysat while we enjoyed the food and the ambience. As part of this church body, whatever we think of our gifts, we are more than the sum of the gifts. You are valuable because Christ says you are. If you're struggling to know what your gifts are, why not talk to those around you? Or pray. Try and try out new things. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what your gifts are and what your role is in God's plan. Some of you may remember a while back that I broke my arm in a cycling accident. And back before COVID, we had these phenomena called crowds and people would flock into these large groups called crowds. And as I walked through with my broken arm, the rest of my body would compensate. I would walk slower, I'd keep my torso slightly turned to protect myself from the people who step backwards as they talk or from those who tell stories about catching big fish. And Paul reminds us that sometimes the parts of the body suffer. And as we are one body, we need to care for them. This is what 25 and 26 say. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Some parts of the body need time to heal. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're listening and you need a rest. You feel frazzled. Or you've been ill during this time. Or you've struggled financially and your mind is just wanting a rest. Or your body is wanting a rest. God knows that there are parts that need healing and he wants the rest of the body to compensate for them and help them during that season. So if that's you, please don't be afraid to ask for help. Get in touch with someone. Contact those in your small group and pray for the person who's suffering. If one person is suffering, then the whole body suffers with them. It's not just our church family here at Westlake either, is it? It's the, the whole worldwide church. And that's why it's so important that we pray for the persecuted church and for our brothers and sisters around the world. Also, though, we see that we're to rejoice when one is honoured. If a Welsh rugby player places a ball over the try line, he's honoured by adding five points to the score and the whole team and nation rejoice with him. Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. To suffer together and to rejoice together, there's no divisions in the body. We need to be united as a church. To sum up this part of the letter then, Paul says together we're the body of Christ. And as individuals, we need to remember that we're members of the body with different roles that we've been given.
He lists the gifts in order that most help the churches to grow as well, in the order that God's appointed them, verse 28. And then Paul encourages them to want gifts. And interestingly, he says, desire the higher gifts, verse 31. Paul isn't contradicting himself here. All gifts are valuable, but there are gifts that help build up the church the most, like gifts of teaching. We can pray to grow in these gifts. But there's also an even greater gift, which Martin will be talking about next week, as Paul shows us a still more excellent way. To conclude then, if we've accepted Christ as our Lord, then we can know for sure that we've received gifts from the Spirit. We have work to do that God has given us. And there is no believer at home watching who doesn't have a part to play in his body. Jesus gave up his body and more so that you could be a part of his new body. The gift that Christ gives us is the greatest gift of all. What he gives us is priceless and what it cost him is immense. And it's worth is immeasurable. And it's a free gift for you. Every gift came at a high price. So let's use them. Also, we can know that we're never alone. We belong to a body, a unit that works together for the common good. So let's encourage and support one another as we live and work for Christ's glory, empowered by the Holy Spirit each day to serve.